<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> was the worst accident I ever seen. Hello everyone, and welcome back to From Beyond the Crypt, a crypid, creepypasta and urban legends podcast. I'm Kyle. Yes, and I'm you are. Rico. And we are on a, our fourth episode. I cannot... Cannot believe it. Four episodes. Yes, sir. I know, man. Fuck, it took forever for me to even be in a podcast in the first place. And now we're already four, we you are, know, episodes, four balls, episodes deep balls deep in deep it, in. you know? Uh, let's see, but, but before we get started uh, in what everybody is uh, wanting to listen to in this episode, let's uh, uh, take a little moment. Uh, Anything good happening? Uh, anything you want, you want to share, Teddy? Anything, anything good happening recently? Any upcoming things? Well, um, I had my birthday party. A bunch of people came over. That was super I was there dope. virtually. Uh, you know, a bunch of s- super cool people also got me. Uh, you know, uh, video messages, which was kind of cool. Um, I started work finally. And my nice uh, chat support job uh, where I don't have to verbally talk to people like I normally do at a call center job. Um, So that's a pretty big win for me. Um, Also uh, about to come up on the end of the semester for my programming class, which, you know, so far I can't say that I'm doing too bad in. I have a... B plus right now. Oh yeah, B plus. Sounds like a win to me. I mean, it's not an A like it should be because I missed an assignment the other day, but I mean. Yeah, that's true. It happens. But but it sounds, other than that, it it sounds like everything's everything's going great and you got a lot of things to be excited about. I'm happy for you. Excited yeah. and anxious at the same time, but I am <laughs> high right now, so everything is okie yeah. dokie. Uh, me, uh, here next week, uh, the, the the weekend of 4th of July uh, until the 11th of July, I will be at the beach with my family, and I am super excited about being on vacation. Got about... Playing a fucking golf. I hope so. Too? Yeah, you lucky yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, I've never been on a real golf course. I've always wanted to, so I'm hoping I get to experience that for the first time. I'll let you know. 
if if you are going to play golf, you have to play it seriously. And by that, I'm saying I better see you talking about walking 18 holes for the course. All right. Don't do that lazy man. Oh, I'm going to get a golf cart. Nah, real golfers. And I speak from experience. I grew up playing golf. Uh, I used to golf for my high school golf team. Uh, none, none of those times was I allowed to use a cart. <laughs> They'd let me use it if I was working tournaments, but no, if I was just out there playing, you know, freaking 18 holes, they'd never let me have a cart. So I'm expecting you to walk a full 18 holes. I hope you're ready. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll do that. Instead of instead of renting a golf cart, which I, I don't think we's going to do, I don't know though, maybe I'll I'll walk all 18 holes. Now it, it it's going to be hot though, like cuz Listen, man, as long as you don't drink, you'll be fine. Everybody else who goes out on a golf course and gets drunk, they sweat off their asses because you know the the, the beer makes you sweat. That's so true. I'll I'm, be I'm sure you'll be nice water. and cool. Uh, we'd like to take this time to let everybody know to drink water, hydrate yourself. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, and and no, I'll be uh uh, it. I'm excited about it. I'll, uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably be like burning up because you know if you if everybody knows me knows that my aesthetic is uh, black clothing all the time. So I, I'll I'll look like an Adams family member Ooh. trying to golf out there in the heat. <laughs> best, best, the best thing you can do for you if you're gonna golf and you're gonna be out in the sun like that, get yourself. A nice, like, athletic shirt, you know, the, the, the kind that's like the spandexy kind, and basketball shorts. Because out on the golf course, it does get super hot. Especially when you're out there standing all day. Also, make sure you bring sunblock, too, because you yeah, will get sunburned. Yeah, I plan on it. Uh, I alert. Uh, now, if you're going to the driving range, those those rules apply to you. Still need to make sure that you're wearing yeah. bree- breezy clothing, as well as like you know, make yeah, sure uh, that you're not getting. Yeah, sunburned. I'll make sure not to get sunburned. I learned on my first beach vacation that uh, the sun is not something to mess with, and and that you you definitely need sunblock <laughs> when it comes to all that. So now, if I'm outside at the beach, if I'm swimming in the ocean with my family, I. I I'm the one that gets out every 20 minutes to reapply sunlight to sunblock because I refuse to get sunburn again. Bro, I'm the opposite. Like, no matter how much fucking sunblock on me, it could be like SPF, like one fucking million. I somehow still manage to get sunburned. It's fucking infuriating because I have the I fairest fucking skin. It's like, you want a tan? No, you're going to turn 50 shades of lobster. And then it's going to peel exactly, off and have exactly. a tan underneath it. But, yeah. So, yeah, for, uh, for those listening, uh, we're not only a cryptid, creepypasta, and urban legends podcast, we also give golf advice now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. if that would be a recurring segment, but, yeah, we, we give golf advice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we'll call them big shots, uh, bigfoot chip shots. That's what we'll be called. That'll be the segment. No bridge. 
I'll uh, I'll do a uh, I'll do I'll do like a cryptid giving uh, yeah. a golfing advice, you know, like a Bigfoot from um, the Goofy movie. Instead of him dancing to the music or whatever, he's gonna give them <laughs> golf lessons. Oh shit, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, besides uh, possibly golfing, you know, it's just be nice to be on vacation. I, I, I get about nine nine to ten days of not having to worry about anything or be stressed out. The only thing I had to worry about is or your, exactly. Or your job. <laughs> the only thing I had to be worried about is, uh, uh, you know, what am I going to do to pass the time that day? <laughs> you know, am I going to go to the beach? Am I going to go to the park? Whatever. And I'm, I'm super excited. I, I do plan on seeing the forever purge while I'm down there. It, it, it's kind of become like an annual tradition for me to go to the movies, uh, uh, when I'm down there, I don't know why, but there's just something I really like doing. I saw the Amazing Spider-Man uh, there there on a midnight premiere, which was great. And here lately, I, uh, uh, since it's been coming out almost every summer, I've been going to see all the Purge movies on the Fourth of July weekend. So that, 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 that's what I plan on doing. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's. Shit better, a lot better than I'm going to be doing. Not to get dark, but I'm going to be depressed. Aren't we all, Teddy? Like, I can always... Well, no, no, no. Uh, the reason I said that specifically is oh, July gotcha, 3rd gotcha. is my mom's birthday. So, like, every year, for those who don't know me, uh, my mother passed away when I was 16. Uh, she had a massive heart attack. And we always used to celebrate her birthday since she was born on July 3rd. Um, almost on July 4th. It was like 11 o'clock or something on July 3rd. And uh, we always celebrated the 4th of July and my mom's birthday together. So every, every, every year around then and like February 12th are the times that I... Or, sorry, February 13th at the times I get the most oh, depressed damn. throughout the year. That's because yeah. that was her birthday and her death day. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I hate that. Plus, yes, you know, fireworks do. fucking suck because, you know, P- PTSD is yes. a fucking it, it, thing. It, 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 not to just. And assholes yeah, outside don't seem to get Fireworks hurt. are just awful, especially if you have pets. Like, pets do not like that shit. It scares them. Like you, you know, you can make like <laughs> it, it, like soundless explosions. You know, like you can have them go up and not boom, or some like you know gunshots, or when somebody decides that they're gonna light a bunch of bottle caps and throw them, that you know they sound like you know rifle fire from a distance so yeah yeah yeah, there's there's easier ways to there's less loud ways to celebrate for sure and exactly you can you can do plenty of things that are still pretty like sparklers are really pretty you know, you don't need to celebrate the freedom of our or the independence of our country by blowing up parts of it you know, like we, we got gender reveal parties for that, you know, and those are exclusively located over in the California area. We, we don't subscribe to those explosions the rest of the year in this, <laughs> this podcast at all. 
especially on fucking the 4th yeah. of July or, or New Year's, where they do it till yeah. 4 in the Ridiculous. fucking morning. But, uh, yeah, uh, so today's episode, uh, uh, I get to share a story on today's episode. Teddy shared a story on the last one, which was wonderful. We had to learn about the Harbinger and really, really, really enjoyed him. Uh, but I'm excited to share a story with Teddy, uh, with Teddy this week. Now, my story isn't necessarily from Creepypasta, though. It is from uh, Reddit's No Sleep subreddit. That's r slash no sleep. And for those who don't know what No Sleep is, it, it's just a subreddit where people post post uh, uh, post stories, except for that there's kind of a formula to it where the formula is is that when 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 someone posts a story on no sleep you you post it with the with the mindset that what you're saying is legit and and, and real and like most times they'll post it as either as if they're re, they're they're retelling an experience or they'll do it from a a third a third person viewer or, or, or stuff like that. And what's, what's even more neat is that people in the comments will also comment as if this was a legit post and they want updates and, you know, <laughs> they want to know more about the story. Uh, and, I, and I've always thought that was neat because, it, uh, you know, it took a while for me to realize that, oh, wait, this, this is just a, a thing that this is just an, a play that people are doing. On the on the subreddit, like I, I, I like I, I I'm not ashamed to admit the first time I came across you no know, sleep and was reading the comments, I was like, is this is this, is this real? Kyle was out here trying to play fucking detective, trying to figure out if the goddamn subreddit was real. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> it, it it seemed like it in the comments. Oh, I was like, good is shit. everybody in on this or like what's going on here? Listen, listen, everything on Reddit is to be disbelieved for, like, the majority of the facts being that Reddit essentially is like a spinoff of 4chan. And 4chan was known for always being fucking, like, infactual and incorrect and, you know, everything was all bullshit. Yeah. That's where, you know. And also, uh, like 4chan started. also likes to, to fuck with people. Like, uh, yeah, they're called the internet yeah, hate like machine think, for a fucking uh, reason. They're the ones where it originated to tell people to delete system 32 off their computer. And, oh no, system 30. So system 32, the stopped being deletable, uh, only for windows Vista. Like it was only, you could only delete them in like windows Vista or like prior to XP. So XP, you couldn't do it. Uh, windows seven, you couldn't do it. Windows eight on, obviously you can't do it anymore. Um, but it was, it was, it, it kind of was the thing before then. Cause I, I knew people that used to control are like uh troll a lot by uh doing yeah, that in RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, here's how you get more gold. You delete your system 32 files. And it's shows some like, okay. <laughs> Completely brick their computer. Oh God. 
Well, I mean, it wouldn't be completely bricked unless they lost a BIOS password. Yeah. Then it's completely bricked. Uh, but yeah, uh, how the, the, the that's just a little backstory on like on no sleep for anyone who had who don't who doesn't know what it is. I highly recommend checking it out if you basically like reading scary stories. There's some a lot of really great gems on there. Uh, but uh, before I get started, I just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning for those who, who who may need it. There is child kidnapping in this story, so if that's not something you want to hear, uh, then you know uh, just skip this episode. Yeah, you know, it won't hurt us. Uh, we won't be mad, uh, mad at you. We completely understand. Yeah, we definitely don't also subscribe to any belief that anything like that is okay in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. So, with that being said, Teddy, I think it's time to grab some marshmallows. Get grab some, some marshmallows. Spooky. Grab a blanket. And come sit around the fire as I tell you the tale of the M Show Fan Club. So the End Show Fan Club is the name of today's story, and it was submitted by user Lena Lona, L-E-N-A-L-O-N-A. And as I said before, it was it's available on R No Sleep, and uh, he'll link it on Twitter and in the episode description as well. All right, the End Show Fan Club. When I was nine years old, I had a favorite TV series. It had human actors and actors in animal suits and funny and educational clips in between. I don't want to name it because it was a really good show and this story is not at all a fault of the show. I'll call it The M Show. The M Show was running for years and I had been watching it for as long as I can remember. I always sat down straight after school with my older sister Scarlett and my best friend Brandy who lived next door. It was our ritual every day the three of us sat together with sweets, if our moms allowed it, or else with apples or grapes, and in the breaks of the show we talked and gossiped about all those important issues in our lives. Then I remember it was a warm summer Friday. Scarlett found a prize competition in one of her girl magazines. It asked questions about the show and first prize was a travel with your parents to Disney World. But even better... Everybody who sent in the correct answers would become a member of the M Show Club, a fan club for the show. The same day after watching the M Show, the three of us huddled together on the couch to answer the quiz. The questions were very hard. They asked details about old episodes of the show. Without Scarlett, Brandy, and uh, without Scarlett and Brandy, uh, I and I, we would have never managed to answer all the questions. Scarlett begged our mom for stamps and envelopes, and we filled the three envelopes each with, with a paper with our names and contact details and the answers to the questions. Scarlett even told us to bury our answers slightly so that we wouldn't be called out for cheating. The letters were sent off, and every day we, we, we all rushed to the mailbox to get our M Show Club badges. When the first uh, snow began to fall, we stopped checking the mailbox. Brandy was still passionate about the show and watched it every day, but Scarlett lost interest. When Scarlett stopped watching, I too began to skip the show. 
Brandy still came over, but she was the only one watching. I sat next to her while working my way through Scarlett's old girl magazines. It was early spring. I remember there were tulips in our garden and my mom reprimanded me for plucking two to decorate the kitchen table. But right after her lecture, she handed me a small square letter with my name printed on it. The back said, Welcome to the M Show Fan Club. There was not much in the envelope, only a short leaflet that welcomed me to the club and a small ID card with my name on it and a big logo of the show in black letters, the M Show Fan Club. And in the line below, in big black letters, the word member. Brandy got her envelope the same day. She was glowing with happiness. Scarlet was jealous at first, but two days later, she got her envelope too. From then on, every Friday, each of us received a leaflet about the show with photos and antidotes and background information on the characters. Occasionally, the leaflets also called on the club members to pr promote the show and to watch out for the M Show Tour. Either way, it worked. We loved the show afterwards. I think from that day on, after I proudly stuffed the membership card in my bag, I didn't miss a single episode. Then, in mid-June, we all got two leaflets. The first was the usual one with facts and photos, but the second was an ad the tour bus is in town. This is your chance to become an elite member. The bus was coming the next Sunday to our town. We were all allowed to go. We were beyond excited. The leaflet didn't have much information, and that was before we had a computer at home. The tour bus would arrive at 1 p.m., and the main characters of the show would be there to welcome everybody and play games with us. Those that participated in at least four games would be upgraded to elite member status and receive a new golden membership card. Those nine days of waiting for the M Show Tour were some of the longest in my life. Brandy and Scarlett and I planned every day how we would take photos with each of the characters and then play games with them. I secretly dreamed of beating Scarlett at the knowledge game where our knowledge about the show would be tested. On Saturday... Scarlett went to a birthday sleepover at one of her friends' house. The parents were supposed to bring Scarlett back by 12 on Sunday. Around 12.30, Brandy came running to our house. She knocked on the back door like she always did, and I let her in. Brandy was beyond excited. Her mom had volunteered to accompany the three of us, and she wanted to go early so that we wouldn't miss anything. My mom called the house of Scarlett's friend, but they didn't pick up their phone. She said that Scarlett would be home soon, early enough to go on time. At 12.45, Brandy's mother came over to ask for us. She said that we would have to leave so that the queues wouldn't be too long. My mom said we should wait for Scarlett, but Brandy threw a tantrum. She was scared that she wouldn't be able to hug all the characters if we came late. Brandy's mom decided to drive. I wanted to come along, but my mother said that she would drive Scarlett and me. I felt like I was being punished for Scarlett's being late. I begged. I cried. Nothing helped. Brandy went alone. Her friend's parents dropped Scarlett off at, at 1.40. I was mad at her, but my mom said if I made a scene, we wouldn't go at all. I relented. We, we arrived about 20 minutes later at the big parking lot where the bus was scheduled to stop. We saw the crowds from the distance park the car and walked over. I asked my mom where the characters of the show were. She said they were just behind the crowd. They all held the M Show Tour flyers, but it looked as if the crowd were mostly parents. 
They stood in a half circle towards the edge of the parking lot. Some of them looked concerned, but most of them were laughing and talking. My mom spotted Brandy's mother at the other end of the half circle. We walked over to her. Brandy's mother was one of the worried ones. She told us that the bus had been there, together with all the animal figures from The M Show. They had a large bus with The M Show logo, and they handed out sweets. One of the animal figures had explained to the parents that they had built a set outside of town where we would all make our own short film with the characters of the show. They said they would drive everybody there. They took the children first. They were all so excited that few parents objected. Still, three or four parents came along, and that calmed the rest. The next bus was supposed to arrive within a few minutes to bring everyone to the set. When I heard that, I was excited like never before. I ran to the street to look around so I could be the first on the bus. Scarlet followed me. I didn't see the worried expression when Brandy's mother talked to mine. I didn't understand why the police came, not even an hour later. On Monday's episode of The M Show, one of the characters came on stage and told us to call our parents to watch the show. Our mom was already sitting with Scarlett and me. The character said that The M Show didn't have a fan club. That week, Brandy's parents cried a lot. I was still sure that Brandy was okay. I thought she had just had so much fun that she didn't want to come back. She must have had a lot of fun. She never came back. Brandy's mother cried even more that Friday when the small parcel arrived. There was a new The M Show Fan Club membership card for Brandy. It was golden and said elite member in big bold letters. The parcel also contained a video. It was only a minute long, a minute of Brandy at the set of The M Show. She was wearing the same dress as when she came over to our house that Sunday morning. On the video, Brandy was smiling. An actor in a big animal suit stood next to her silently. Hi, Mom. I really like it here, said Brandy. I really wish you could be here. Then she laughed. I'm sorry the others were late. I'm sure they would have loved it too. And that is That was the M Show Fan Club. Oof. Oof. So I have yep, questions. Cause I told I told you that, I told you I'm, I'm sure yeah, they're I told common. I told you that when I read that no. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> and one of the reasons, and I'm sure you can figure out why I chose this, simply because of the actors in animal suits. I figured it, I figured it would remind us oh of, of the, one of the the first movies that really connected us. <laughs> the fucking goddamn the banana splits uh, movie. The banana splits movie. <laughs> oh my god! So actually, the vibe, the questions I had rather per se is like with with the the the, the kidnapping, like. She left with her mother, but never showed up. Uh, n- n- no, her, her her mom was one of them who stayed behind. Remember, it, it said that th- there were a couple of parents who were who were who were her more adamant about going with them, and so they went with them. Mm-hmm. 
But where did she get snatched? Uh, Brandy from? was the one who uh, she was. Remember, she, Brandy went went first because uh, uh, the other one, the other girl, was late. So Brandy wanted to. Uh, Brandy went ahead and went before they got there, before the other girl got there. And I guess mm-hmm. she got on the bus. Was one of the first ones on the bus while her mom stayed behind. Yeah. Wow. But. Oh, that's the mother's <laughs> fault then. Uh, Should have went with their kid. One of the comments on it, and I, I very much, uh, very much agree with them. The thing that makes this one, one thing that makes this really, really creepy is the fact that when he got to the part of the video, you would expect them to say something about something graphic on the video, but the fact that there wasn't is even creepier. Yep. And it. I mean, they could they could have had her like record that before yeah. they got on the bus, before anything scary at yeah. that point in time happened, and then they showed it after the fact. That's the disturbing. Yeah. Part I, I think one of the creepiest things in this is the last line where she laughs and said that I'm sorry the others were late. I'm sure they'd have loved it too because then you realize that if they wouldn't have been late, they also yeah. would be gone. Would have been yeah kidnapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 this is uh, one that is considered an uh, one that is considered an underrated gem among No Sleep. Uh yeah, that's yeah. that's really oof. <laughs> it, it's very, very well oh, written, man. very fucking creepy, and what's even scarier is that you know this isn't something supernatural. This shit can like legitimately happen, probably. There's probably stories of something similar to this happening. It still gives me Pennywise feels, man. Kind of, yeah. Because like it's an animal okay, character. One of the, uh, another reason why I showed this, why why I chose this was because it's called the M Show, and they said it was, uh, and it seems to be based in Disney World. So I kind of got Mickey Mouse, uh, uh, you know, show uh, vibes. Say, say the, the the sad part is like you could say it, it could have been based off yeah. of something from there because the guy was eventually acquitted, but there was a case in which somebody claimed that somebody in a Tigger suit yeah. assaulted them. And they went into the court and they had to prove that it was very hard to uh art, you know, move your move yeah. your body parts around. In the way that the defendant claimed, but there are um, other cases of which there was a person, I'm pretty sure he tried to assault somebody oh, in wow. one of their bathrooms. Yes. <laughs> so, excuse me. There are, like, oof, like, yeah. scariness to it because, like, the fact that they did mention Disney World and, you know, thing, things like that did happen. It just, yeah. excuse me oh, for good. coughing. Uh, one of the comments on this says that, and now, now this story is eight years old, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years old. One of the comments wow. on it is, uh, I think this was the first story on this sub to make me, to make me gas audibly out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it it definitely ha- has that effect on on it. The like first time I read it, I was like, "Holy crap, <laughs> dude!" Some of these ones on R slash No Sleep are like 
really oh, they are, they long. Are, yeah, but, yeah uh, but, but another reason I chose this one is that because it's more based in real life and based in what could ha- actually happen versus supernatural. Like, because like, I love the supernatural stuff, uh, uh, of course, but it's always also good to read more realistic horror. Yeah, that is true. And guess what? You can experience it for yourself. You can go to Disney World and get it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. Um, yeah, but no, uh, you can go to Disney yep. World when you come down. And when you eventually move here, because you're going to come here and be like, I'm never going to leave. I've already planned my, my move. You're going to have your 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 roommate pack your stuff up and mail it over to you <laughs> bit by bit. Because <laughs> you're just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming back, guys. Sorry. I mean, uh, it's, it's, Hacy's already pretty much planned the uh, a month I'm, I'm moving down there before we haven't even went there yet. <laughs> Listen, man, that's more than she's, that's more than yeah. that she's planning. I'm, I hadn't even been there yet. I hadn't even been there yet. Like I may, uh, I may, I may get down there and just absolutely hate it. You never know. I'm just kidding. I don't think I will. I really don't think I will. I, I don't. I listen, listen. There is a reason why Wade is moving here. Like obviously, yes, he he loves Jess, but he is moving down here as well. And one of the major deciding factors versus Jess moving up there all the wrestling that's all yeah, that's around true. Orlando. That alone is enough for you to and stay here. Whole, you know, warm weather, uh, all the theme parks. I mean... Warm weather? Don't you yeah, have that up in Alabama? Winter, you, know, you know, like that thing that Florida just said, oh, what's winter? <laughs> you, you get none of? Yeah, like last... We get we get we get yeah. two seasons. We get hot yeah. season. Like last and year wet when season. most of America was dealing with snowstorms and Florida's just like lol, eighty nine degrees. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was like thirty, twenty, somewhere in like the negatives and Florida's like YOLO. <laughs> if there was ever proof that global warming was a real thing and that climate change is a like a like a massive crisis just look at florida they literally no longer because of fucking how hot it is in florida no longer have four functional seasons (laughs) they just have perpetually summer and it's bad because there's a lot of moisture in the air because it's humidity here and it makes it feel even hotter. It could be like 80-something degrees outside in temperature, but it feel like it's 100 because of the humidity. And it's very heavy to breathe in. So that's going to be fun for you to get <laughs> get used to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Hey, but it will give you it will give you a good workout to uh, you know help stretch your your lungs and stuff if you you know That's work true. out and stuff out here. Yeah, in in Florida it's summer or slightly less hot summer. <laughs> it's 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 summer then it's wet but sticky. 
Those are the two seasons. Oh, man. So, uh, any uh, any final thoughts about the story? Um, don't trust your kids around fucking character actors. I guess. I mean, uh, you know, if they don't. Uh, Watch what your watch what your kids do. Like if you see them obsessing over something, like do a little bit of research into it to try to understand what it is exactly that they're obsessing over. Because like that seems like a at least in the story, the way it came across to me is like it was somebody planning and knew which was gonna be the kid that that couldn't resist, you know that had to be there first and they would go there even without the safety of their parent, you know, like they were those, uh, those membership cards or whatever that they got, you know, even though they came out and said there was no fan club, um, those cards that they got is a very clear, like indicator of like who's showing the most interest and who you can like, know who's easier to catch i guess what is is, you know just just pay attention to stuff like that sure don't let your kids on a bus with no other adults (laughs) yeah for fuck's sake like Uh, uh, one of the things that really interests me about this this story is that you're reading this from the perspective of a child and you can tell how innocent it is it is that the kid doesn't understand the full horrors of what's actually going on. But then us as adults reading this, we're reading this and knowing, Oh fuck. This, this is bad. Yeah. When you, <laughs> when you literally, when you said the lines, she must've liked it so much. She never came back. I was like, oof, she's gone. Oh. <laughs> like that was the moment I was like, oof, just by him saying that I was like, Oh no. No, the one of the, also one of the, one of the big like turning points where you're just kind of like, oh shit, is when the character comes out on the show and lets them know that they don't have a fan club. Yeah, it's like the who the fuck did my kid was my kid around? Well, uh, another comment in this, and I full heartedly agree. Said that this needs to be made into a short film. Yeah, it would be very. Um very rough to watch though that's very true very true but yeah so you you would have to you would have to go into it knowing that that was gonna happen uh let's see uh what was our uh our rating system uh that you gave us again it was spooky uh Uh, it was haunted 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 pinna yeah, haunted okay, okay. Penne, how many yeah. <laughs> bowls of haunted penne would you give this? Ah, uh, see, you would think I would like give it a higher number just because I'm like oof about it, but I, I, I'm, I want to give it like a a four. Four out of okay, we're doing five. I just yeah, I five, I. Right? I, yeah. I yeah, I need I need like more meat to it. Like I I felt like it needed more meat. Yeah, uh, 
I'll, I'll also go with, with the four as well, but uh, it's pretty much the same thing Teddy's saying that you know there needs to be more to it, but absolutely love and am terrified at the same time that it's that we're reading this like I said from the perspective of a child and as you're reading it you realize the kid does not have any idea what what is actually going on but then as an adult reading it you're like this is bad this is very very bad that's why a kid can be lured away with a toy or candy yeah you gotta watch it, out for it really it. captures the the innocence of a kid like not realizing what, what what horror just went yeah, on. Yeah, it, it weapon it weaponizes their their naive uh, yeah. naivety yeah. against them as well. But yeah, it's really. Uh, I I really enjoyed that one. I, I, like I said, I chose that one for a lot of reasons, uh, mostly just because of the actors and animal suits. I was like, oh, this is definitely gonna pop Teddy because it's gonna remind them of a uh, Banana Splits movie. Like as soon as I read that, I was immediately picturing Banana Split's characters throughout the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. We got to do like a review of that movie on here because I feel like they are cryptids. Yeah. Like I said in the very first episode, like if you watch the original Banana Splits thing, it was very creepy and very surreal. So I, I, I want to I wanna like cover it because i feel like they are cryptids but i i feel like that was a short one man do you like maybe you want me to find a random Um, if if you want to yeah Uh, let me see because a lot of these are slash there are some long ones but they're also very short uh let me try creepypasta.com And see if I can uh, view the mobile versions of this so I can see if they're <laughs> Cancel. Go away. Uh, F12. Turn it to mobile mode. Cool. Bear with me here, guys. I'm having some technical difficulties with my brain. Uh, let's see. And CC, you can edit out all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Come on. S of 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Damn, it sounds like a cool thing yeah. until you're like, fuck. I, I kind of want to, and uh, unless I find like a lot of really good supernatural ones, I kind of want to keep this uh, uh, this little thing going where you, you're finding like creepypastas that have more of like a supernatural thing, and then I'm finding more like... yeah realistic serious like horror i listen man listen you get like sometimes the 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 supernatural stuff isn't as scary so like i mean i feel like approaching it 
in that sense is a really yeah. good thing, you know? Okay, so I found one that is 16 minutes long. And it's about a demonic possession. Ooh, I mean, that's trigger that's also warning. Kind of scary it does because it doesn't. It could legitimately happen. Yeah. Uh, spoiler uh, warning, though it it does like mention uh, mental illness as well as like uh, psychiatry stuff of that nature. So if you are nervous about that type of stuff. This is also not the story for you. Uh, we are sorry about that. This is called The Commitment of Charles Mayweather by Tim Sprague on creepypasta.com. As was usually the case during the winter, the rooms and hallways were absolutely freezing. Kathy Turner retrieved a sweater from the small closet in her office and quickly put it on. Making sure that her hair was still at least somewhat pulled back, she put on her lab coat and stuck her hands into her armpits in an attempt to warm up. It didn't help her that her office was the closest to the hospital's main entrance. Every time the doors opened, the cold air would blow right at her office door. Even if it was closed, the, the gusts would get in through the cracks and crevices to fill the space and drag the temperature down. She made a face. One of the many perks of being the newest doctor on staff. Another one would have been to work on New Year's Eve in the first place. All of the other doctors were bringing in 1974 with their loved ones and she was stuck here. She sighed. There was no point in complaining, even if just to herself. The building was quiet, and with the nurses handling most of the routine work, she was getting off easy, all things considered. She might even be able to finish the book she had been trying to get through for the past three months. Before she could sit down at her desk, she heard the sound at the of the front door's opening. Cold air washed in over her feet and legs from under the office door. She closed her eyes and shook her head. Lovely. Dr. Turner, a man's voice called from out in the hallway. Kathy opened her eyes. It was the voice of one of the security guards. Whenever one of them came to get her, something was wrong. She mentally gathered herself and left the office. The guard was a giant of a man. He stood nearly seven feet tall, and he was built like a linebacker. He nodded as she joined him. The police are here, he told her as they headed towards the entryway. Right, she replied shortly, knowing that that meant she wasn't walking into a pleasant situation. A group of people were wrestling with a distraught man on a gurney near the front desk. He was tied to it with the usual straps, but a long cord had also been wrapped around his chest. His eyes were bulging and the veins in his neck were standing out. He was speaking so quickly that Kathy couldn't understand what he was saying. Is this really necessary? She asked as she approached, pointing at the cord. You're damn right it is, a man dressed in a police uniform growled back at her. Where are we putting this nut job? He's bleeding from his forehead, she pointed out. 
He also has had multiple contusions on his arms and legs. You should be taking him to County General. We can't, one of the two paramedics told her in a much kinder tone than the officer had used. There's a major accident just outside of it. At least a dozen cars. No one can get in or out. Besides, the officer put it, a nut job belongs in the nut house. We prefer to call this a hospital, Kathy snapped, already tired of the man's attitude. She looked over at the nurse behind the front desk. Joanne, would you please show them the way to one of the rooms, one far enough from the other patients so that they won't be disturbed? 17 is open, I think. The paramedic stayed behind while the rest of the group followed the nurse. Kathy opened her mouth to say something, but he shook his head and waited until the others were out of earshot. When he was satisfied, he nodded. There's one more wrinkle in this, Doc, he said, running a hand over his face. I don't even know what this is, Kathy pointed out. Everyone just barged in here without actually filling me in. If I don't think that man would be safer away from that cop, I wouldn't have assigned him a room. What is going on? The paramedic hesitated. Maybe it would be best if he got it from the officers. Oh yeah, they seem really inclined to give an unbiased account. He smiled slightly. You've got a point. The patient's name is Charles Mayweather. He lives over on 6th and Pennington. You know that neighborhood? She nodded. Yeah, it's a pretty upscale place to live. Maybe not tonight. From what we can tell, Mayweather just sort of snapped. He tried to kill his kid tonight. He looked away. Eight years old and his dad tried to strangle him. Jesus, why? I don't know. You heard him ranting and raving, right? He's been doing that since we got on the scene. One of his neighbors called it in. Apparently the screaming was so loud that they could hear it two houses over. Kathy molded over for a moment. It could be stress related. Maybe his family's prone to mental disorders. Yeah, maybe. The paramedic turned his attention back to her. He went completely off the deep end with those cops before we got there. He even bit Officer Sunshine on the arm. But listen, Doc, there's that wrinkle I mentioned. We've got the kid with us. She blinked. You brought him here? Why the hell would you do that? We didn't have a choice. Child services couldn't get out there for hours because of the storm. And both us and the cops are going to be out most of the night with all the wrecks. Drunk people and ice don't mix. What are you going to do with him? Philip. His name is Philip Mayweather. Fine. Philip. What are you going to do with him? The paramedic smiled crookedly and shrugged. We were kind of hoping that he could stay here until the social worker picks him up. Kathy shook her head. We are a hospital. No. You know what? Let's cut the crap. We're an asylum. This isn't a place for a kid. Neither is out there, he pointed out. We haven't been able to track down any family, and we've got to get back out there. He's got nowhere else to go. She sighed in frustration. As much as she didn't like to admit it, he was right. The child just couldn't go back out into the storm with the police or paramedics. And at eight years old, he certainly can't just wait at home. She begrudgingly nodded once. Okay, fine. It's just a few hours, right? 
Yeah, that's right, the paramedic said with a noticeable relief in his voice. Just until child services gets here. He's a good kid, too. Polite and everything. Yeah, yeah, you can stop with the hard sell. Hand him off to Joanne when she gets back, okay? I have to get Mr. Mayweather checked in. Kathy went over to the front desk and dug a clipboard out of one of the drawers. She was glad that the emissions paperwork was already fastened on it. With a final nod at the paramedic, she headed down the hall towards room 17. The, sir- Excuse me. the second paramedic and the two police officers were just coming out of the room as she approached. They walked past her without a word. It was rather rude, but she was actually preferred it that way. The officers she had briefly spoken to had rubbed her the wrong way, and she didn't have time for people like that. She childishly hoped that the bite on his arm was still hurting. She entered the room without pausing. Although she was still in her first year at the hospital, she had seen her fair share of disturbed individuals. A surprisingly high number, in fact, when she took into account the small population of Blackwood. Joanne was in the first was in the room talking to the patient in soothing tones. Mayweather didn't seem to be responding to her. He just continued to rave at high speed while struggling against the bonds that kept him tight against his gurney. Mr. Mayweather, Kathy said to him, loud enough so loud enough that she knew he could hear her voice over his. My name is Dr. Turner. May I speak with you? He continued on as he had been. She motioned for Joanne to come closer as she relayed that the son would be waiting for her in the entryway. The nurse nodded but didn't move as she continued to watch the man. It'll be fine, Kathy assured her. Just have one of the guards standing by the hall, okay? Oh, and have one of those other nurses come in to treat these wounds. Joanne left the room. She observed Mr. Mayweather for a few minutes. He was straining against his bonds so hard, and that she started to worry that he would give himself a heart attack. Coming to a decision, she went over to the side of the gurney and gently placed her right hand on his shoulders. Mr. Mayweather, she said in a calming voice, you need to settle down before you hurt yourself. I want to get this cord taken off of you, but I can't do that if you're pulling against it like this. The man turned his eyes towards her. They looked surprised, like he hadn't even realized that she was in the room with him. His ranting slowed down and grew quieter until they stopped entirely. He fell flat against the gurney and ceased struggling against the restraints. There, that's much better, she told him with a smile. Thank you for letting me help you. She set down the clipboard on the room's only chair and knelt to get knelt down <coughs> excuse me to get a better look at the cord. It was an extension cord, the kind you would find at any hardware store. She shook her head in revulsion. No matter how difficult he had been, this was borderline inhumane. It took her a few minutes to undo the knot. It had been tied tight and the end had been looped through several times. She eventually managed to get it to come free and unwrap the cord from around his body. 
there, she said that she'd cast it on the floor and retrieve the clipboard. That's much better, isn't it? I know the straps aren't very comfortable, but that should at least give you a bit more breathing room. Mayweather stared at her for a long moment. She returned his gaze as she waited to see what would happen next. She would eventually have to go through the standard admission forms, but she wanted to give him some time to process what was happening before getting into that. Truth be told, she was a feeling a bit unsure of herself. The man had been dragged into the room acting like a lunatic had been something that she was used to. Not him in particular, but she had seen patients in the same mental cut, mental state before. Now, though, he was acting completely different. It's like he was another person entirely. The others, he spoke, half-whispered. The other straps, Kathy asked. Those can come off when I'm sure you're not going to be a danger to either me or yourself. I'd like to talk for a while and see how that goes, and we can go from there. Is that fair? He nodded his head once. Okay, good. Let's start over. My name is Dr. Turner, and yours is Mayweather, you replied after a moment. Charles Mayweather. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Mayweather. May I call you Charles? Yes. Good. Charles it is, then. Now, are you on any medications that I should know about, or any? Philip, he interrupted sharply. Where is he? Kathy blinked. Philip, as in your son? He's safe. He's with one of the nurses right now. Mayweather's face grew pale. Keep him away. Keep him away. Why should we do that, Charles? Are you afraid that you'll hurt him again? He surprised her by laughing loudly. It was a cynical laugh. One did not, that did not have any mirth behind it. The sound was cut off as he began to cough. Kathy tried asking more questions, but Mayweather either refused to answer them or he was no longer processing that she was even speaking to him. Telling him that she'd be right back, she left the room and made sure the door was closed behind her. Logically, she knew that he'd never be able to get off the restraints, but something about the looks he had given her and the way that his voice had sounded made her want to take every precaution. She wasn't going to be able to get through to him when he was like this, and it was very possible that he would injure himself if he was allowed to remain in such a state. After motioning for the security guard in the hallway to stay near the room, she hurried down the hallway to a locked door at the far end. She fished the key out of her pocket and unlocked it. Inside was the hospital pharmacy. Normally, she would have opted for a less intrusive option of pills, but she doubted she could get these down Mr. Mayweather's throat. Instead, she went over to the cabinet and retrieved a syringe and two small glass bottles. She put them into her right lab coat pocket and hurried back to her patient's room. He's still caught up in a fit of laughter. I'm sorry about this, Charles, she said as she struck the point of the needle into the first bottle and pulled back on the plunger part before doing the same with the second bottle. Kelly inserted the syringe's needle in the man's arm and pushed down on the plunger. When she had emptied the syringe, she leaned back out of the room and tossed it 
and the empty bottles into a waste can in the hallway. She waited patiently for the medication to take effect. After a few minutes, Mr. Mayweather's laughing subsided and his body relaxed. She waited longer to make sure that it wasn't some sort of ruse. She doubted that he was any in any condition to come up with anything like that, but there was no point in taking chances. There now, she said. Feel better? I'm a bit lightheaded, Mayweather answered slowly. That's a side effect of the tranquilizer. Nothing to worry about. Now that you're calm, I have some questions that I need you to answer. Can you do that, Charles? Yeah, okay. Good. She paused to gather her thoughts. Can you tell me what happened tonight with your son? That thing is not my son. He spat back with such hatred that she momentarily was taken aback. How do you mean that? Who is he? He laughed again, but this time it only lasted a few seconds. What's the point? You wouldn't believe me anyways. She arched an eyebrow. Try me. Mayweather was silent for a long moment. At first, Kathy thought she had lost him again, but as she watched him closely, she could tell that he was internally struggling with something. He chewed on his lower lip as he stared up the ceiling. You're a psychiatrist, Dr. Turner, he asked. I am, she confirmed. I figured by the room decor, it's funny. My wife used to joke that someday I'd be dragged kicking and screaming to the loony bed, and here I am. You're married? I was. Doreen passed away five years ago. Wait, no, it's six now, as of this past November. I'm sorry to hear that. Not as sorry as I am, he sighed. Anyways, as a psychiatrist, you must have some experience with recurring dreams. She nodded. Some, yes. I've been having the same dream every night since the day my wife passed away. The exact same dream down to the smallest detail. Kathy furrowed her brow. It was rare for someone to have a recurring dream that frequently. Usually a person would have them sporadically rather than over and over again. She sat down in the uncomfortable chair and crossed her legs. What happens in the stream? He asked. I'm standing on a beach filled with white sand, Mayweather began. In front of me is a vast ocean. It stretches from horizon to horizon. The water looks gray in the pale light, and its surface is completely undisturbed. It's flat and unmoving without a single wave. I look out over the water for what feels like hours. It could be days or weeks or maybe even longer. I just wait on that beach for something to happen. I don't know what will, but I can feel it in my bones that something is going to happen. He licked his lips. One of the side effects of the tranquilizers was dry mouth. Kathy stood up and retrieved some water from the room's sink in a paper club. She helped him take a few sips. Thank you, he said gratefully. After what seems like an eternity, I can just make out the figure walking on the surface of the water. At first, I think it's some sort of trick of the light. But as it draws closer, I can definitely see it's a person. When I reach, when it reaches the water's edge, I can see that it's Doreen, 
Your late wife, she asked. Yes. She's wearing this long, flowing white robe, and she looks like she did when she was in her 20s. She smiles at me, and all that I want to do is run to her. Somehow, I know I can't do that, though. I can't leave the beach. Why is that? I don't know. I just can't. It's like there's this invisible barrier. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. I can't go into the water and she can't come up into the sand. So there are rules in the stream. I guess so, Mayweather grunted uncomfortably. Can I have at least one strap around my head taken off? My neck is killing me. Kathy went over to the gurney and undid the restraint. He sighed in relief and moved his head from side to side. She could hear his neck crack as he did so. Much better, he muttered before he began to describe his dream once more. Dorian and I stare at each other for a long time. I don't know if you've ever lost someone that you loved. Someone that's your entire world, but you lose some of yourself when you do. Seeing her, even like this, makes me feel whole again. It's a feeling that you just don't want to end. He stopped talking and stared off into a distance. His eyes were wet and Kathy could tell that he was struggling to continue. She patiently waited until he started to speak. Eventually, Doreen reaches out one hand. I think that she's trying to touch me, but she's actually pointing. I turn around and right behind me is a metal contraption, a machine. A machine, she repeated. What kind of machine? In the dream, she calls it the Stygian machine. He sounded almost wistful as he spoke. An instrument that can pierce the veil between life and death. She tells me that if I can build the exact specifications, she and I can be together again. There was a scream from out the hallway. Mayweather's head snapped towards the sound and broad rushed out of his face. His breathing became hurried and shallow. What was that? He asked sharply. Just one of the patients, Kathy assured him. The nurses will get it taken care of. Tell me about this machine. What does it look like? It's three pieces, he replied. His eyes still locked on the door. There are two platforms and a large ring. The ring sits on a platform and they supply power to it, allow it to spin. On all three pieces are these markings that I don't recognize. Describe them to me. They're, uh, I don't know, they're kind of like Egyptian hieroglyphs, but not quite. They're carved into metal on nearly every square inch of the machine. If I unstrap your hand, can you draw some of them for me? Mayweather furred his brow. Yes, but is it important? She tilted her head slightly. It could be. Symbols in our dreams can represent important messages that the subconscious is trying to pass on to the conscious. Be careful not being careful not to get uh, in reach of his fingers. Kathy carefully undid the strap around his left wrist. He rotated it a few times, most likely to get the feeling back in it, but he didn't make any move to grab her. She carefully slid her pen into his hands and held the clipboard so that he could draw on paper. When he was finished, she retrieved the pen and carefully looked at the symbols. 
Tell me the rest of the dream, she instructed. There isn't much more to tell, Mayweather said. I look at the machine for a while and then I wake up. But there's one thing. When I wake up, I know exactly how the Stygian machine should be built. I know exactly where every bolt should be and exactly how tight it should be tightened. I know that I can build it and get it working. Playing on a hunch, she stated. So you built it. His eyes narrowed as his head nodded ever so slightly. I built it. God help me, I built it. And you used it. Before he could reply, there was another yell from outside the room. This one only lasted for a second before it was cut off in an odd gurgling noise. He opened his mouth, but Kathy was already continuing on. You built the Stygian machine and you used it. You got the plans for it in your dream. And not knowing exactly what it did or what the symbols meant, you built it and flipped it on. Does that pretty much sum it up? It wasn't that simple, Mayweather continued, or countered with sudden anger. The machine took me years to build. Everything had to be exact. Every single night after my son went to bed, I'd go down to the basement and work on the blasted thing. I had to custom make most of those parts. Cost me nearly every penny that I had. And do you think I liked killing those people? The words were barely out of his mouth when his eyes opened wide in shock. He stammered incoherently as he shook his head slowly. Why did I say that? He asked in a confused tone. Who did you kill? Kathy countered. Nobody. Just some hitchhikers I picked up on the highway. The answer was automatic and he didn't seem to have any control over it. What the? Why did you kill them? I had to. The machine runs on human flesh and blood. Please stop. I can't. How many people did you kill? Eleven. Maybe twelve. I lost count. What did you do to me? Kathy set the clipboard down on the chair and reached up behind her head with one hand. Using two fingers, she took out the band holding her hair up, allowing it to fall down, her hair to fall down on her shoulders. She brushed it away from her eyes before looking back at Mayweather. Sodium theopentol. I filled the syringe with medication from two bottles. Remember, the first was a tranquilizer, like I said. The other was sodium theopentol. We use it mainly as a general anesthetic. But at the right dosages, it can make a person very compliant when answering questions. You might have heard it referred to as truth serum. Mayweather stared at her uncomprehendingly. You built the Stygian machine, she continued. You carved the symbols into the metal. You just fed it victim after victim to give it the strength to work. The whole time you thought it was just some, how do you put it? You thought it was some sort of contraption? Never once did you realize that you had created something alive. Made of metal and oil, yes, but alive nonetheless. She leaned in close to him. And then a miracle happened, right? The machine actually worked. It shredded time and space, created a gate between this world and somewhere only it wasn't your wife that came through it was something else tears were streaming down mayweather's face he was on the verge of breaking down entirely it was a bit surprising that he managed to choke out the words around the swaps it it came through and and i thought philip was in bed he must have heard the noise from the machine he was at the bottom of the basement stairs watching and the thing went into him there was a hard thump against the door it was quickly followed by a second, and then a third. 
when the fourth one came, a thick red liquid sprayed against a small window that allowed the hospital staff to look into the rooms from the hallway. It ran down the glass in wide streaks. Kathy shook her head in a mixture of annoyance and amusement. I can't believe you're the one that did this, she said. Then again, maybe I can't. You're the perfect puppet, aren't you? An idiot that's easily manipulated. You didn't even think that much about what you were doing. You just followed an empty promise. You brought a god into this world without even realizing it. And then you what? Tried to kill it? As if you could. She absolutely smoothed a wrinkle out of her lab coat. You asked me if I had any experience with reoccurring dreams, and I told you that I did. You see, Charles, I have one myself. There's a great darkness surrounding me, and a thundering voice proclaims that I will be the first to greet the bringer of this world's end. When the world, when this voice speaks, you believe it. Now this day has finally come, and in a way that I never could have imagined. Kathy reached out and opened the door leading into the hallway. Standing just on the other side of it was an eight-year-old boy. He was wearing plaid pajamas. They were soaked in blood and flecks of skin and gore were stuck to it and tangled through his lightly brown hair. In the hallway behind him were body parts strewn across the floor and blood was splattered across every surface. The boy took a step forward. There was a small protrusion coming from underneath his eyes. Thin, translucent tendrils that moved across the surfaces of his eyeballs. He opened his mouth, and four tentacle-like appendages emerged. Saliva dripped from them as they curled and writhed. Charles Mayweather, Kathy said with a twisted grin on her face, Please allow me to introduce you to the son of your blood, your labor, and your sin. He is ancient era, Akkadian god of violence and plague, and the end of all things. The boy came into the room, and she slowly closed the door behind them. Mayweather screamed. And that's it. Hmm. That that was pretty interesting. I know. It was... Yeah, at, at some parts it was a little hard to follow. To follow, I was sitting there like, "Okay, what what's going on? Where's the demon part?" And then it really picked up toward the end. Yeah, because at first they make you think the dad is the one who's possessed because he's chanting in tones, and then yeah, it starts to turn out that it's going to be the kid, and then. Then they throw in at the very end that the doctor was like also possessed. Yeah, when they uh, threw the part out the tentacles, I got a little excited. Not gonna lie, I was like Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> nope, <laughs> they tricked I me. Mean, technically, it, it it is a god that it is, is like that. So he is an old god. So maybe, but yeah, yeah. He's the Akkadian god of violence and plague. That was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a nice little neat like M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. Because, I mean, there's been plenty of movies or like literature where like 
a person comes in and they're like possessed and the doctor doesn't believe that they're possessed and because of that they end up dying but like this was a nice twist on that whole trope I liked it yeah very true yeah I liked it too it was it was very long winded I don't know it how the long, hell yeah. they said that this was 16 minute read yeah cause I was looking at the time I was like well damn this is a little more than 16 minutes yeah Jesus Christ I, I, I'm telling you, man, these, these times on here are jacked. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the only downside, the only thing I really didn't, the only kind of downside about it is that it is a little hard to follow at some points. I was getting a little yeah. confused. I was like, hmm. It's, it's very long-winded, yeah. but a, a lot of it is like medical stuff. I get it because I've been bankrupted so i know what that whole process looks like yeah but i mean it it was a little long-winded but yeah uh i'd say i'd probably give it a good uh, a, a solid three bowls of haunted penne I'd give it three and a half. Like, I I I liked how like descriptive and like, while not entirely accurate towards like the process or lingo of like Baker actions and how they work. Um, because he's up. The cops are absolutely right. If you're Baker acting someone, you do take them generally to a mental health facility. And asylums are mental health facilities. I'm sure they would have like an a, like a, a crisis unit in which they would place them for the the mandatory holdover. Um, plus, asylums aren't as scary as people make them out to be. They're literally just hospitals. Um, but I I I, I like that. You know, and it was it was a nice kind of twist. It was very pet cemetery like, you know, where the kid's the evil one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But 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 very long winded. The OG one, not the uh, not the awful fucking remake. I haven't seen the remake. <laughs> I just know the ending just of it. I saw just, the last. Just skip I it. saw the last couple of minutes of it. Skip it. I, I was so pissed in theaters when I watched it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that was it. I know your story was a little short, and like I did honestly not expect to read for so long. So yeah, next time I'm we're, we we got to get you to get a long like one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how long it, I I didn't realize it was that short. Either that or you just read fast. And I'm, I'm over I'm, here. Maybe I just read fast. I don't know though. But I mean, it, it, I'm over here reading at a, a snail's pace. Yeah, I'm high trying to trying to read while high. <laughs> oh, good shit, good shit. Yeah, there are some there are some long ones on there that I oh, saw yeah. like are like different oh, parts. There, there, like there, part one part two. There are some amazing series on there. Like the, 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 there were some that I was so obsessed with that I would like check daily if there was a part 
uh, a part five or something coming up because people would be like, hey, update now. <laughs> like, come on, lazy fuck. Give us fucking content. You know, like I remember like reading, there was one, I can't, I remember the name of it. I'm going to find it because we're definitely going to talk about it. It was basically a guy who worked overnight as a security guard and he was just detailing all the weird shit he saw in an abandoned hospital that he had that he had to do like uh, nighttime security at, and that one was far. That was awesome. Was I think that was back when I first didn't realize what no sleep was. I thought these were like may have been like you know somewhat real stories, and I was yeah. legitimately like at work reading them and then looking <laughs> looking for updates because I was like, man, did did the guy make it through the night? Like, I, I, I need to know, like, I gotta, I gotta know what happened to this, what happened to this guy. Like, I need an update. Did, did he make it to the next day at work or, or what happened? Yeah, for real. Like, where's the rest of the news story, man? Yeah. And then, uh, th- th- there's some, uh, uh, they read that, you know, who we'd have to include pictures of the, the best one I've ever read that included like pictures that really like, show it. It really helped tell the story was there was this one where this guy had uh, his girlfriend ha- had died in-, in a car wreck. And like a few weeks later, she's messaging him on Facebook and he just assumed that it was just like, you know, somebody had access to her account or something. Yeah. But then she starts tagging herself in pictures on Facebook where she would normally be if she was alive and like saying stuff that like, only she would know and stuff. It's it's Ooh, fucking creepy. It's like Silent Hill. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. So it's like it's like a like a like a two world at like you know like the veil between like two parallel worlds kind yeah. of thing. I like that. I sent you a, a link for a really cool one that uh, like oh, I might be interested in sharing it at some point in time in the future i don't want to give away the story just in case Got i do it. but yeah uh anything else you want to uh like mention before we uh hop on out oh not th- that i'm aware of currently except you know uh once again, uh, thanks to Angie for our awesome artwork. We're yes, super happy you. with it. And uh, thanks to our wonderful editor, CC. Uh, go check out the Scream Queens and listen to them if you don't already. Yeah. Uh, follow us on. And follow us on uh, Twitter. From Beyond the uh, Crypt on Twitter. Yes. Uh, at- I believe that is at F. BTC podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can also find me um, at Zalanthes89. Or, excuse me, at CuzCats1989. Yeah, I'm change that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, you can also find me at CuzCats89 on Twitch. Yeah, and I am on Twitter as Kyle S. Prescott. And if you. Uh, if you if you if you're not tired of hearing me talk and you want to hear more, I also have a horror podcast called the Trick or Treaters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Trick or Treat Pod, 
and on all your major uh, podcast platforms. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, before we do go, we are also now officially on Apple Music. Yes. Or Apple Podcasts. Finally, all, all the major podcast platforms. We can finally say we are now available on all platforms. Yeah, so we can we can be found anywhere. So you have no excuse not to listen to us. <laughs> Except for because you hate our voices. Yes. And then which, you know, please don't listen to us. Save yourself the, the pain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This was a fun episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I'm, thoroughly I'm enjoyed glad. our stories. I'm I'm glad we were able to like find another story so shortly. Yeah. And uh uh next week well next episode not week I don't know when we'll be able to record cuz I'll be on vacation next week so probably, it'll probably, we'll probably have a week off uh yep. we'll be back to doing our cryptids we'll be on Yes sir we'll be, we'll be on we are letter B. B letter B as in boy letter or bravo B, or, or bigfoot or, or whatever yeah, or Bigfoot, <laughs> definitely, or Biscuit, you know. Biscuit, other, yeah. <laughs> other bees that could possibly be, you know, B-movie. Yep, that's what's up. <laughs> the, 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 the worst cryptid ever, Jerry Seinfeld as a bee. <laughs> oh, All right, God. well, yeah. we hope you guys have a good one. Yep, and uh, what's that? Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and check us out uh, next episode. Uh, goodbye, good night, good evening, good morning, whatever time zone it is you're listening to us. Later. Have a great one. Uh-huh.